Hello and welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen to this message, it helps you grow closer to God and inspires you to live like Jesus. Thanks for listening. Here's the message. If we haven't met yet, my name is Zach Johnston. I'm the creative director here at Destiny and I love being a part of it. Uh, I get the privilege of working not only at this campus, but also at our Republic campus. And creative director just means I do videos and photography, and if you see something on, something on the screen that has the wrong date or time, it's probably my fault. <laughs> so, hey, last week, you guys got to hear from our new youth pastor, Jesse Hall. Uh, he spoke on having a kingdom mindset. Yeah, you can clap for him. He's awesome. <laughs> Uh, is a great message. Uh, but two weeks ago, we started a new series uh, walking through the book of Habakkuk called Even Though. And we get that title from chapter 3, verse 17 and 18, which says this Even though the fig trees have no blossoms, and there are no grapes on the vines, and even though the olive crop fails, and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields, and the cattle barns are empty, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. And so through this series, we're looking at this question, what do we do when what we believe doesn't line up with what we see? So whenever we're in this place and God, I believe that you're good. God, I believe that you're holy. I believe that you care for me. But my circumstances don't look like that. Like I'm feeling right now, like where is God? Like I'm saying prayers and it feels like they're hitting the ceiling. Like what do we do? whenever we're in that circumstance. And so, um, you know, we're looking at the book of Habakkuk and um, he's a prophet that lived 600 years before Jesus. And so, you know, we're just going through his life in this book and, you know, in this place in chapter one, he's complaining to God because he's frustrated with his circumstances, right? And so he's saying, God, like I see all these things that are not good. What are you gonna do to fix them? So in chapter one, verse two, he says, how long, O Lord, must I call for help? But you do not listen. Violence is everywhere, I cry, but you do not come to save. So the Lord answers him in verse five, and he says this. The Lord replied, look around at the nations, look and be amazed, for I am doing something in your own day, something you wouldn't believe even if someone told you about it. So Habakkuk's like, God, like I'm waiting for your answer. What are you gonna do? And God answers him and he says, just wait for it. Like, it's gonna be amazing. Like, you wouldn't even believe it if I told you. And so Habakkuk's kind of on the edge of his seat, like, okay, God, like, what is it? And the very next verse, God says this. I'm raising up the Babylonians, a cruel and violent people. They will march across the world and conquer other lands. And Habakkuk's like, the Babylonians, like, they're worse than we are. Like, I know Judah is not great. Like, I know I've just been complaining to you for an hour about how bad our people are, but the Babylonians are so much worse. Like, why would you let them come and conquer us? And we're not that bad. And so he's at this place where he's frustrated and confused because it feels like, you know, yeah, now God answered his prayer, but it's not the way that he thought. It's not what he wanted, um, for sure. And so we leave off in chapter two, two weeks ago, with this verse. And he says, Habakkuk, you know, has just complained to God again about, you know, what God told him. And he says this, I will climb up to my watchtower and stand at my guard post. 
There I will wait to see what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for this day. We're so thankful that we just get to be here in your house. And Lord, we thank you that we get the opportunity to worship, Lord, just the space to, to sing your praises and to lift up your name and dig into your word together. Lord, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would be with me today, Lord, that you would just have me say the words that you want today, Lord, and just let there nothing be that comes out of my mouth that's not from you. We praise you. It's in Jesus' holy name. Amen. So about a year and a half ago, Lindsay and I moved to Marshfield. Uh, Lindsay grew up here, but before that, I was a worship pastor at a church in Tennessee for about four years. Okay, and so um, what I'm about to tell you about, so Zoe was born, our daughter, in October of 2020. And at this time, like, um, we were trading off every three hours all night because she wouldn't sleep and she had really bad acid reflux and all that. So it was just a really hard time. And we had worship rehearsal one night on a Thursday night at church. And I remember I would always try to get out the door as fast as I could because I knew Lindsay was going to go to bed because she was going to have to be up all night. And so I was trying to get out the door. And as I was locking up my office, someone from my worship team comes in and she's very visibly emotional and she's got tears in her eyes and she's got this sheet of paper in her hands. And she says, I just feel like the Lord wants me to tell you this. And I'm like, I'm trying to leave. Like, what is this? Not again. <laughs> and so, so I'm standing there and she begins to read. She's pouring out her heart of everything that the Lord has given her with these words that she's hearing from him and all these scriptures that, um, you know, and I'm standing there and I'm just not really receiving any of it. Like, I'm just not in a place to hear what she's saying, and none of it makes sense, and I'm kind of frustrated because I want to get home, and, and all of these things are going through my mind, and eventually, after it felt like a really long time, she stopped, and I don't really know what I said, but I know it wasn't very much. I wasn't super grateful. I know that. <laughs> and so, you know, I, she handed me the sheet of paper. I stuffed it in my backpack. I locked up, and I went home. And we meet Habakkuk in a pretty similar situation here where he's hearing this message from God, right? And it's not what he wants to hear. And it's frustrating and it angers him. And he's just like, God, why would you do this? Like, this isn't what I need right now at all. And so just, I think he was maybe a little bit more patient than I was, but similar situation here. So in verse one of chapter two, he says this, I will climb up to my watchtower and stand at my guard post. There I will wait to see what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint. So remember in this series, we're answering this question, what do we do when what we believe doesn't line up with what we see? And so we're calling this message like a crisis of belief. So you might be saying like, okay, I'm not in a crisis of belief right now. Like I feel like my circumstances are pretty good. Like life is doing great. And so don't turn off your ears to what is being said today, because I think it's even more important to get in this place and in the habit of practicing what a healthy life of hearing from the Lord looks like before we're in a spot of crisis. Because whenever crisis hits and we're in circumstances that are not ideal, like we need to have the practice of hearing what the Lord is saying to us. And, you know, it's a lot easier than starting from square one whenever your life is in shambles and now I've got to, okay, how do I hear from God now? And so 
this is for all of us today. So what is the first thing that we do whenever we're in a crisis of belief? Whenever we're in the situation where our circumstances are bad, we don't know where to turn, it feels like our prayers aren't being answered, feels like God's ignoring us, or maybe he's just not listening at all. Um, The first thing that we do is stop and listen. So at this time, there would be these walls around the city of Jerusalem, okay? And most ancient cities like Jerusalem would have these walls around them. And they served a couple of purposes. One, just being a border for the city, but two, it would keep out enemies and it was for protection. And on these walls, they would have these guard post towers and a watchman could climb up and look out across the horizon and see. And these were especially important in times of you know, like imminent danger from an enemy coming. And so that's kind of the place where they're at. But Habakkuk is using this imagery of this watchman in the tower to say like, God, here I am, I'm looking and waiting for you to respond to me. And so the word stand, like I will stand at my guard post. The word stand means to stand still, to stop, to be inactive. And so he's saying, here I am, God. I'm right here, I'm not moving until I hear your response. And a lot of times I think we're really good at the first part of letting our complaints be made known to God. Maybe we're not, but he wants to hear our complaints, right? So we make our complaints to God, but then we immediately jump into action and we start to fix things ourselves or try to fix things, usually making it worse. <laughs> and so we start moving instead of waiting for God to move. And so the first thing we need to do is stop, right? And so again, Habakkuk's here and he's saying, God, I'm standing still and I'm going to wait for you to move. So then it goes on and he says, I will wait to see what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint. This word wait means to lean forward, to peer into the distance or to watch expectantly. And so this imagery again of him being up on this watchtower and looking and waiting, expecting to see something. Like he's saying, God, like I'm expecting you to answer me. And, you know, he's on the edge of his seat waiting for God to respond. And I just think it's such a good posture for him to have in this situation of, you know, his circumstances aren't good, but his posture is, right? And so I think a lot of times instead of waiting and and watching expectantly for God to respond whenever we see our circumstances. We see our circumstances and we want to kind of escape. And so we distract ourselves. So a typical day for me in this kind of realm of idea, I wake up, pull out my phone, start scrolling, Instagram, TikTok, whatever the kids are doing these days. Um, And then, you know, I jump in my car or I'm getting ready, listening to music you know, jump in my car and put on a podcast or something, get to work, maybe you say hi to a couple people, but then you're doing your thing with headphones in, listening to something else probably. You get home, you know, it's crazy busy, you're trying to get dinner on the table, kids to bed, all those things, and then you've maybe got a couple hours to rest. And what do you do? I have my laptop on my lap, phone in my hand, and I'm watching TV all at the same time. (laughs) And it's like, where is the space for God in that? Like, in our daily lives, Are we slowing down? Are we stopping long enough to actually hear from him? Like maybe it's not that he's not speaking. Maybe we're not listening. And so Habakkuk's circumstances were not good, but his posture was. 
So are you posturing yourself to hear from God? Are you giving him that space to speak to you? One of my favorite quotes, you know, just talking about posturing ourselves to hear from God is, don't say God is silent if your Bible is closed. The Bible is one of the best ways that we can hear the voice of the Lord. Don't say God is silent if your Bible is closed. And so if we don't take time to stop and slow down and like the Bible is no small feat that we have it in English in one piece today. Like if you wanna do any research on that, like go look at how we have the Bible today and it's crazy, Uh, but that's just a side note. Um, It's such a valuable tool, like it's living and active and breathing and it has um, principles that can apply to our daily lives. Other ways we can hear from God, through prayer. A lot of times we come to God with a list of, God, here's the things I need you to fix. But where is he being allowed to speak to us in that? Like we need to take time and slow down. Yes, make your requests known to God, but also hear his response. Wait for him, be silent before him. We also hear God speak to us through the Holy Spirit. And that can be directly to us, to our hearts, It'll be confirmed with the word, right? It won't be something way out of left field. It'll be something that's in line with what his word says. But also, he can speak through the Holy Spirit through other people. So there may be someone that comes up to you and says, here's a sheet of paper with a bunch of stuff that God says. Listen to it. (laughs) Um, You know, take a moment and slow down and stop and, and say like, Lord, is this from you? Moving on to verse two says, this is the Lord's second reply to Habakkuk. So he's on his watchtower. That's what he's saying. Like, God, here I am waiting expectantly for you to answer. And then God's answer comes. I think it's kind of fitting too that, you know, we, we spoke about Habakkuk chapter one, and then we had a break. And now we're speaking about Habakkuk chapter two, because we don't always get God's response immediately, right? So uh, the Lord says this, then the Lord said to me, write my answer plainly on tablets so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. So when we're in this crisis of belief, what is the first thing we do? We stop and listen to what God is saying, right? So the second thing, when God does speak, what do we do? We write it down, right? Write my answer plainly on tablets. So why does God say this? Why does God tell Habakkuk, I'm about to say something, write it down? Because he knows what he's about to do. He knows that, you know, what he's about to say, it's not gonna happen immediately, but one day it's gonna come to pass. And he wants the people to be able to look back and see that he is faithful and he is true and he does what he says he does. And so I think that's the same for us. Like, as we're reading our Bible, we should be writing down what the Lord is speaking to us. As we're in prayer, we should write down these requests that we're making to God because how many times do you think you've prayed a prayer forgot about it for six months or six years. And God answers that prayer, but we don't recognize it because we don't have a record of that. You know, it's like, oh, hey, that's cool that happened. And like, God should get the glory for that. Like he's making those things happen. Every good gift is from him. And so, you know, he says, write my answer plainly on tablets. These things, like in these moments where we have this written down and we can look at the faithfulness of God, like it builds our faith. That's a purpose that it serves. Not just so we can say, hey, that's cool. But like, you can look back and say, no, I, got, I know God is real. I know he's for me because look at what he did. Like I have the receipts. 
And so we should write down what we read as we pray, as we listen to messages on Sunday morning. I'm really bad about that. I had a conversation with somebody right before saying they don't take notes. I don't either, and I need to change that because it's good to write down what the Lord is speaking to us. So like as we're talking about this and looking back on things that we've written down and building pillars of faith in our life is kind of what I want to call it. Um, a lot of times here we talk about like full circle moments and being able to see the faithfulness of God um, over time. And so just in January of 2021, Lindsay and I were still in Tennessee and we just really felt like God was moving in our hearts that it was time to move back to Missouri. And, you know, Lindsay's from Marshfield. I'm from closer to St. Louis, but, you know, we've got family here. It's closer. And we just really felt like that's what the Lord was calling us to. And, you know, it didn't make sense. We didn't have a plan. I didn't have a job lined up, really. Didn't really know where we were going to live. None of that. Um, But we really felt like that's what the Lord was telling us to do. And if you know me, I get really, (laughs) like, anxious about any tiny decision, and I really agonize over it. And like that font, I probably spent 30, 45 minutes picking it out. Um, so, and this was not a small thing. Like this was going to be like, I thought working at that church was going to be my dream job that I was at forever, to be honest. Like that's how important it was to me. And so I'm sitting here doubting this and like, is this what I want? Is this what God wants? Is this going to be good for us? Is this going to be a huge mistake? Like all these things are going through my head. And this was a couple months down the line, but the Holy Spirit reminded me of that sheet of paper. I was like, God, we've been through this. Like, there was nothing on that for me. Like, the very next day after she gave it to me, I read through all the verses, and I was like, nope, I'm right. There's nothing in this for me. Like, (laughs) and so, but I held on to it. It was in my backpack, but I had kind of forgotten about it. And so I went and I found it, and I pulled it out. And right at the top of that sheet of paper, It says, transition, reposition, movement. Like, we're praying about, should we move? (laughs) And it's like, as I began to read through these verses on there, like, it became clear to me that this was what the Lord wanted for us. And, you know, also through other people speaking to us and speaking the word to us and all these things. But, like, that was a huge confirmation for me because it was not, I didn't come up with that myself. Right? Like, I didn't try to make that happen. That was only from the Lord. And, you know, if, if she hadn't written that down with the Lord is speaking to her, if I hadn't kept it, like, we wouldn't have that. I wouldn't have had that faith-building moment, that pillar of faith to look back on. And now I can say, like, no, I, I know God is real because this happened. And so Habakkuk wrote down what God said because God told him to, and God wanted him to be able to look back and see his faithfulness. Another reason is it was going to take some time. He didn't want him to forget it, right? (laughs) For the vision is yet for the appointed time. Verse three, it testifies about the end and will not lie. Though it delays, wait for it, since it will certainly come and not be late. So the third thing we do whenever we're in this crisis of belief, right? We've stopped and listened to what God is saying. We wrote down what he said to us, what he's speaking to us. And the third thing is we wait for it. Waiting is awkward. We don't like to wait. We live in a really fast-paced world. One of the things I miss most about living in Tennessee, apart from the food and 
getting to go to concerts in Nashville and being close to Nashville. I do love Marshfield. But one of the things I miss most is in Nashville, they had this massive Amazon warehouse and I could order something and literally get it the next day. It was the best thing in the world. I ordered something from Amazon on Monday this week and it said it was going to be here on Thursday. And then it didn't come till Friday. First world problems. The vision is for a future time. It describes the end and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently, for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. God says to Habakkuk, look, what I'm about to tell you, it's going to take some time for you to see it accomplished. Okay, you're going to have to wait for it. Though it delays, wait for it. So as I was thinking about this, I was like, that's kind of a weird phrasing. Though it delays, wait for it. Like God doesn't delay, right? I was reminded of 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 and 9. But you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord really isn't being slow about his promises, as some people think. No, he's being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. So, you know, we talk about, like, though it delays, wait for it. It might feel like a delay to us, but it's right on time for God. So while we're sitting here and, like, we're looking at our circumstances and we're feeling like God's not answering our prayers and we've got this anger and frustration maybe building in us and and it just feels like every time I pray, something gets worse and it's just not making sense at all. Like, we have to remember that it's not immediate. We have to wait for the Lord. Like, remember his promises in the waiting because you've got it written down, right? And so we have to be able to look at that and know that God is faithful and trust in him and his purpose. Did you know that sometimes we don't actually even get to see God's purposes fulfilled? Like every promise that he says to us is true and it will come to pass, but we don't always get to see it. Every single prophet from the Old Testament that prophesied about the Messiah, about Jesus coming, was long gone before Jesus ever stepped foot on earth. That doesn't mean God was late. That doesn't mean they were wrong. Doesn't mean what God said to them was a lie. It just means that there's a bigger plan and a bigger purpose for what God is doing that's bigger than any one of us. And he's going to use us and he's going to use the Holy Spirit to speak to us. But that doesn't mean that he's late or he's delaying or he's not being true to his word whenever we don't get to see it come to pass. So if we could have the band come up, um, I'm just thinking through like these full circle moments and talking about the faithfulness of God. And this is the first time I'm speaking on a stage in probably a good two years since we left uh, that church in Tennessee. And, you know, I was originally going to speak on the worship series because I know a little bit about that. But then I was going to speak on, we were going to do a completely different message series at this time of year. And I was really excited about it because I felt like the Lord really had given me something that he wanted me to talk about. And it was going to be great, really pumped. Then we get a message a few weeks ago and Pastor Chad, our lead pastor in Republic, says, hey, I really feel like we need to go into this series on Habakkuk. And I'm like, Habakkuk? I don't even know what that's about off the top of my head. Like I had to Google it, like, what is Habakkuk about? And I'm like, 
I don't know if this is supposed to be, like, I don't know if I'm supposed to be doing this message. <laughs> and, you know, just going through this doubt back and forth. And I almost texted Mark a few different times, like, I don't think I'm the person to do this. You're going to need to do it yourself or find somebody else because I'm out. <laughs> um, I was also supposed to speak next week, not this week. And so I say all that to say, like, I didn't really pick out when I'm speaking on today, um, which I think makes this a little bit cooler. Um, uh, <laughs> so I didn't pick this out. You know, the way we work, since we're one church in two locations, is like together our leadership comes up with like, well, we don't come up with it, but we feel like the Lord is leading our whole church in a direction and that's the direction that we go. And so lead pastor says, we're going in Habakkuk, we're going in Habakkuk, right? And, and so just, just in that, I was really feeling like, this is not what I wanted to do today. And the Holy Spirit reminded me of that piece of paper. I'm like, we've been through this. <laughs> At the very top of the page, right under transition, reposition and movement. So I remembered this sheet of paper while I was sitting here at the office one day, going back and forth on this. And I said, Lindsay, go get that sheet of paper on my desk, send me a picture of it, front and back. And she did and I looked and I don't really know why I even asked her to do that. But at the very top of the sheet of paper, it says Habakkuk two, one through two. Yes. <laughs> it's like, that's what I'm speaking on today if you haven't been paying attention. <laughs> And it's like, I just think it's crazy that like, it's not a coincidence, right? Like we know the Lord gives us things to build our faith. And, and it's so cool that, that I just, you know, being in that place of doubting, almost not doing this, almost giving up a couple times. And, you know, he just continues to confirm that I'm where I'm supposed to be. And so like, why do we find it hard to listen to him? Why do we find it hard to slow down, hear from him, write down what he's saying, and then also wait for that? Well, one, it's hard, right? Two, I think a lot of times we rely on ourselves and not on him. In verse four, it says, look at the proud. They trust in themselves and their lives are crooked, but the righteous will live by their faithfulness to God. If it was up to me and I could have decided not to preach on Habakkuk a couple weeks ago, I would have said, yeah, let's not do that. But God has better plans than what I have, right? Uh, I like this version as well. CSB it says, look, his ego is inflated. He is without integrity, but the righteous one will live by his faith. Like, do we believe God? Like, do we have faith and trust in him? Something really interesting from this verse it distinguishes those that are righteous from those that are arrogant or not righteous or proud by whether or not they trust God or trust in themselves. The righteous will live by faith, but the proud, it says, trust in themselves. So when we're in this space, when we're in this crisis of belief, like, even when we're not in a crisis of belief, are we relying on ourselves or are we relying on God? Are we slowing down and letting him speak to us? Or are we just trying to get through our day and make things happen? So why don't we trust in him? 
What are the things that get in the way of us trusting him? In the rest of this chapter, and I'm not gonna read the whole thing, I promise, but the rest of this chapter is God talking to Habakkuk and telling him what are called five woes. So a woe is like a warning. It's basically saying like, if you continue down this path, it's not gonna go well for you. It's a warning that, you know, danger, destruction is coming. And so there's five woes that God gives. And these are the things that he says, woe to you. Um, The things are greed, abusing power, violence, seeking pleasure and idolatry. And, you know, we see all of those today, right? Um, But whenever there's a list in scripture, a lot of times the last thing in that list will kind of sum up everything else in that list. And so I really want to zoom in on idolatry here and what the Lord says about idolaters. So these are the things that distract us, right, from hearing from the Lord, from waiting on Him. And instead, like we go to search for the solution. So in in verse 18, it says this, what good is an idol carved by man or a cast image that deceives you? How foolish to trust in your own creation, a God that can't even talk. What sorrow awaits you who say to wooden idols, wake up and save us. To speechless stone images, you say, rise up and teach us. Can an idol tell you what to do? They may be overlaid with gold and silver, but they are lifeless inside. But the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. It says, what good is an idol carved by man? Put it this way. What good is something that you've made for yourself? Like what good is the life you've built for yourself? Can it save you? Can having the best family, the perfect family, can that save you? Can building a better life for your kids, can that save you or them? Can trying and turning your wheels and trying to make your life the best that it can be, it's not going to save you. And it says, what sorrow awaits us if we put our trust in idols, if we put our trust in ourselves and our own abilities rather than on God. Psalm 127 verses one and two says, unless the Lord builds a house, the work of the builders is wasted. Unless the Lord protects a city, guarding it with sentries will do no good. It is useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, anxiously working for food to eat, for God gives rest to his loved ones. Like it's useless for us to work so hard in our own power and our own ability. It says God gives rest to his loved ones. Like, are you resting in the Lord? Are you allowing him to speak to you? Are you giving him space to speak to you? Are you trying to listen to him? And when he does speak, do we take the time to slow down and, and not blow past it, but do we write it down? Do we make it a pillar of faith in our life when he does speak? And do we wait to see it accomplished? Do we allow him the space, not only to speak to us, but to actually accomplish his purpose? Verse 20, back to verse 20, it says, but the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth 
be silent before him. God is God, this holy temple. It's a place of honor. It's a place of authority. And a lot of times we put ourselves in that place and it essentially becomes a worship of ourselves. And it says, let all the earth be silent before him. Right? Like that's stopping to listen. Let's allow God to be God and, and allow our place to be at his feet. Right, like we're, we've talked about like posturing ourselves to hear from the Lord and no matter what our circumstances are, because we know we can't control our circumstances, but what we can control is our posture. Is our heart postured to hear from the Lord? Are we eager and expectant for him to speak to us? God is God. So I just wanna take a couple minutes here and as the band plays, I just wanna ask as you stand with us, um, like just ask that the Lord would, would just search your heart. And, and just the first question I want us to ask is like, am I postured to hear from God? Like, am I giving him space to speak in my life? Or am I distracted or trying to escape or trying to fix things myself? Like, do I stop and wait on the Lord? Are we eager for God to speak to us? Are we constantly searching out for him to speak to us? Are we like Habakkuk and standing up on our watchtower, looking out and waiting for him to respond because we trust him so much, we know he's not gonna leave us hanging. And it's okay that it's not immediate. If you're here today and you are in a crisis of belief where your circumstances are not the the life of blessings that you imagined whenever you started following God and you're searching and you feel like he's not listening to you. Like, I just wanna take a few moments here. Um, you can come down to the altar and pray or you can stay in your seat. But, you know, as we talked through um, this series on worship a few weeks ago that we concluded, like we talked a lot about posturing our bodies affecting the posture of our hearts. And so what better way to posture ourselves to hear from the Lord than on our knees in prayer in his house, right? And so I just wanna take a few moments. We're not gonna sing just yet, but just take some moments and allow God to speak to your heart and, and just ask him to speak to you and, and to just show himself in, in faith to you. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you'd like to learn more about Destiny Church, how to get connected, or give online, visit destinychurch.me. Have a great week.